0: Our reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's
1: great. Thank you very much um, for reading um, our passage tonight. So before I start, let's just pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to learn from you. We thank you, Lord, for this church that has been here for such a long time, where your word has been preached faithfully week by week. And so we come to you now, Lord, and ask for your help to understand this word. We pray for your Holy Spirit to move among us. To open our minds, to soften our hearts, that we might come to know you better tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we hear the word glory, I wonder what comes to mind. We sung about the glory tonight, we read about the glory, we often hear the word glory in sports and other things. I wonder when you hear the word glory, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Tonight, we're going to look at three aspects of what the Bible calls glory. And in our passage tonight, we can identify them in this way. First of all, the lesser glory and then the greater glory and then the ever increasing glory. So the lesser glory. The giving of the law on Mount Sinai to Moses was a glorious event, says Paul in his opening statement in our passage tonight. It was glorious for two reasons. One, it was accompanied by a visible display of the presence of God. Smoke, fire, thunder, lightning, holy glow on the face of Moses, so that people could not bear to look at the face of Moses. Secondly, but more important and foundational and fundamental to that, is that it was a revelation of the character of God. You remember that sandwiched in between the two events of the giving of the law, the first two tablets that Moses broke and the second two that he had had to chisel out, by his hands, the the second, um, the commands of God. In between those two, there was an event. And Moses asked to see God's glory. Um, Remember that God put Moses in the cleft of the rock and it went something like this. And when the Lord passed by, he showed him the vastness of the universe The stars, the galaxies, the planets, the black holes, the asteroids, comets, and meteorites. Then he took him around the world, and he showed him the great deserts of Africa and Asia. And then he took him to the Amazonian forest, and down to the snow-clad mountains of America, and across the great Pacific Ocean. He took him to the North Pole to marvel at the snow, and the ice, and the glaciers, and the polar bears, and then he went a little further south and enjoyed an evening, watching the aurora borealis. Finally, before returning to Sinai, they went scuba diving along the Great Barrier Reef. For anybody who knows their Bible know that's not quite accurate, um, but it didn't really happen like that. But what could God show him instead? He showed him his goodness. We just heard just tonight in our reading. About the goodness of God, which is his character. So, I'll read from the Bible this time. Exodus 34 actually says that when the Lord God revealed his glory, he pronounced the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty to go unpunished. The glory of God refers to his character and every other manifestation of the glory of God flows from that. The glory of God refers to his character. The word glory in Hebrew is kabod and carries the idea of weight, of value. Worthy, worth, respect or beauty. That's where our word glory actually comes from. So when Moses asked to see the Lord's glory, what he was asking God to show him was, God, what matters to you more than anything else? What is most precious to you in the middle of this giving of the law? Moses wanted to really know what God was like and what he cared about. On Sinai, God revealed himself as a God who cares about what he's made. He has made laws and he upholds them. Why? Because he's faithful to what he's made. Um, It says in Genesis, the creation was good and therefore he intends to keep it that way psalm 97 says the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people see his glory no stars accidentally fall from the sky god uh, is making the laws of physics is perfect and he faithfully upholds them it's his character that people see in the stars In the same way, he upholds the law of sin and death because he's faithful to what he has made and cannot tolerate the corruption of his glory in the image of man. The law in Sinai was then fundamentally a revelation of his character, albeit an indirect one as far as the people were concerned. Romans 13.10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So, when I harm my neighbor, I've actually failed to love my neighbor. Or to put it another way, I have fallen short of the glory or character of God, Romans 3.23. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. And that little word sin is literally Means falling short, not even hitting the target is literally falling that far short. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I have not love, I am nothing. That's quite chilling, isn't it? If I have not love, I am nothing. Or perhaps another way of putting it, if I have not love, I am worthless. And what did God do to casting people into hell because they're worthless? There's no value. This is we're talking about what what um, God values most of all. Um, so this is the glory of God embedded in the law of Moses. The giving of the law was simply God showing that he was faithfully upholding his glory by graciously and loving, lovingly giving the law and alerting the people to their predicament. It was, as Paul calls it, the ministry of death that was passing away or transitory. In effect, he says it was a lesser glory so let's move on to the greater glory the ministry that brought death came with glory because of the character of God it was a revelation, a self-revelation of the character of God Paul says that the ministry of spirit came with even more glory why? the answer's the same because of the glory of God because of the character of God But why more glory? Well, the answer's the same, because of the character of God embedded in it and revealed in it. Okay, let me explain. So within the character of God, there was something greater, something that would eclipse or replace the the law of sin and death, something that would trump the law of sin and death. Righteousness, righteous and eternal, though the law was. The law was given in order that sin might increase, said Paul. But he also said that where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Romans 5. So the sentence of death had to, had to give way to something else. Paul calls this the greater glory. Okay. In the glorious economy of God, there are some coins that are of greater value than others, even though they're all of royal mint. I'll say that again. In the glorious economy of God, there are some coins which are of greater value than others, even though they are all of royal mint. Death had to give way to life mercy was the bigger coin mercy was the bigger coin james 2 3 says mercy triumphs over judgment romans 11 says for god has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all god is letting us into the treasury of his character He's allowing us to see, as it were, the crown jewels, the things most valuable and precious to him. And in this case, the value of mercy. In 1943, German fighters had severely damaged the B-17 Flying Fortress under the control of Lieutenant Charlie Brown. The damaged compass was leading him into enemy territory, Franz Stingler, a German pilot, was ordered to shoot down the B-17 and destroy the enemy. As he got closer to the plane, he saw how desperately Brown was trying to save himself from the dangerous situation that would end his life. He could have destroyed Brown as he was ordered to, but instead he decided to guide and escort the B-17 to a safe zone not occupied by the Germans. He even saluted Brown before heading back. Almost 50 years later, Brown searched for his saviour. When they met, they became friends and remained friends until 2008, when they both passed away. Stingler was not remembered for all the planes he'd shot down, but only for the one on whom he had mercy. Mercy is the greater glory. We are living under the enormous weight and value of this greater glory of mercy simply because it is God's character. It is what God is like. He is full of mercy. Jesus was crucified, two criminals. One says, we're being punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. On the cross, Jesus fulfilled those very words spoken to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. We're living under this greater glory of mercy simply because that it is God's character. It is what God is like. He is merciful it is a greater glory because it has triumphed over death over our death sentence we have escaped death and we have been given life and yet there's even more as if being released from death is not enough he showers even more on us why? I think you know the answer because it's in his character to do so Our final heading, the ever-increasing glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Not only do we receive mercy or escape the wages of sin, But we receive what we could never earn. That's grace. That's grace. Why do we receive grace? Because it is God's character. What did God say to Moses when he asked to see God's glory? He said, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. That is this. What is this grace then that he has given us over and above mercy? What is it? Nothing less than to become like him. (laughs) To become like God. His glory is his character and we are being made into his likeness. As in our reading, we're being transformed into his image. That image that we were made in and became corrupted is being restored to its former glory. Paul says, as we contemplate, or as we think about and as we reflect on Christ, who is the manifest glory of God, we are being transformed by the work of the spirit to be like him. Not only are we being transformed to be like Jesus, but it's an ever increasing transformation right up to the gate of heaven where, like Christ, we too shall be glorified. We shall be made incorruptible. We will be a new creation. 1 Corinthians 15 says, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. What incredible words. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Thanks be to God. So by way of conclusion, Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to uphold it. Again, thinking about the law given to Moses, the revelation to Moses about his faithfulness in upholding this law. By his sacrifice on the cross, Christ upheld the law of sin and death by satisfying or paying for the sin of the world. He was the spotless lamb and the one who did not fall short of God's glory. He was the one who manifested the glory and the character of God from the moment of his conception until he breathed his last. The wealth or value of his character was more than enough to pay for every single sin that had ever be committed or ever would be, even if this present world were to go on for eternity. With God, there is always more than enough of everything. That's his character. He's a God who gives. By his death on the cross, Jesus demonstrated his faithfulness in upholding the law and demonstrating his love for us showing mercy and grace. Luke 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. God has shown us what he values above everything else. The blood of Christ was able to purchase men for God. It is literally priceless. Priceless because there is no other and there can be no other. So grow in the glory of God and the character of God and glorify him in all that you do. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is the age that we live in now. May our faces shine like Moses as we are transformed from glory to
0: glory until he comes again. Amen.